17 seconds. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Timeout, Utah. 5.2 seconds left. Michael Jordan running on fumes with 45 points. My name is George Sarujas, I'm 17 years old, and today I take great pleasure in teaching you all about a little hobby of mine, that being sports card collecting. Now, before we start, I'd like for anyone listening to come to this podcast with an open mind. I understand that some people don't like sports, and others may not care for the cards, and the rest may not understand the point of this hobby, but hopefully I'm here to change a few minds and maybe spark an interest or two. So that being said, let's begin with the basics and slowly move forward. Now, during this podcast, we're going to be talking about basketball cards in particular. I've always been a basketball fan my whole life, so I really like basketball cards. Let's get right into it. Now, when I talk about basketball, what are the names that come to mind? Maybe Michael Jordan, Michael LeBron, James, LeBron James, maybe Kobe Bryant. Although there are no wrong answers, these are very good ones. These players, along with a few others, are the staples of basketball and card collecting. So with that being said, does that mean that card collectors buy any and all cards of these players? Well, to answer that question, I would have to say no. There are many other requirements that collectors look at when purchasing cards. The most important one is if the card is a rookie or not. For those not knowing what a rookie is, it's an athlete that has competed in his given sport for less than a year. So just to put that into perspective, Michael Jordan's rookie year in the NBA was the 1984-85 season. So any Jordan card dated 1984 is considered a rookie card. These days, cards are labeled with an uppercase RC in the top left or right corner of the card just to avoid confusion. RC meaning rookie card, of course. Now you may be asking, why exactly do collectors look for rookie cards? And to keep it simple, it's the player's first ever card. Take LeBron James, for example. He's been playing in the league for uh, 16 seasons. Could you imagine how many cards LeBron James has made for him? Not all of them being rookies, right? So LeBron James's rookie card was only for one year, while all his other cards have been for 15 other years. So the rookie card is rarer and harder to find. And in the end, that makes the price go up for a very good player. Now, rookie cards are not the only requirement that collectors look for when buying basketball cards. One other big component for a deal is owning a graded card. Now, cards can be sent professionally to grading companies where they give your card a rating out of 10. Now, 10 is the best and 1 is the worst. And based on your card's centering, corners, edges, and surface, they give you a rating out of 10. 
For example, if a card is sent in with a bent corner and scratches on the surface, it would grade from anywhere near a 4 to a 6 depending on how poor or how good the rest of the condition is, also depending on who's looking at your card and what they think of it. Now, higher grades on cards also tend to drive prices up for those particular cards. Now, an ungraded LeBron James rookie card could sell for $500, but a graded 10 LeBron James rookie card could sell for over $10,000. Yep, you heard that right. Over $10,000. Some would say you could also buy a car with that. Now, it is pretty ridiculous that it would sell for $10,000, but as a collector, this makes a lot of sense. When you look to buy a new card, you really have to go for the best and then slowly go down based on your budget. Personally, I tend to buy 10s and sometimes 9s, depending on if 10s are very expensive or out of my budget. 9s are also very well respected throughout the community. People don't really mind for 9s. They're mint condition. They look great compared to other ratings. They're not a 10, but they are still good enough. Other collectors are just happy with the cards that they get, and they don't even want to grade them. And that's perfectly fine to each their own is how I see it. The great thing with this hobby is that it can be curated to fit everyone's desires. Some people like to invest in rookies they think will play well in hopes of their cards rising in price, and others, they just like to collect cards. Uh, it could be seen as a stock, really. I mean, just to give an example, there's this kid named Tyler Harrow. He plays for the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat actually made it to the playoffs this year and to the finals. Now, Tyler Harrow was a rookie. People didn't expect much of him, so once he made it to the finals, his cards actually jumped in price quite significantly. If you look back to last February, for a Tyler Harrow rookie card, you could find one for anywhere around $20 to $30. But now, Tyler Harrow rookie cards go for anywhere from $2 to $300. Now, people value great playing and finals and awards and championships, which makes a lot of sense. Who would want a card of a player that hasn't won too much? It's worthless, right? Another thing about collecting that's great is that you could just collect your favorite player. For example, I have the love to collect a man named Dennis Rodman. He played with Michael Jordan. Not many people know of him, but I like him a lot because he played amazing defense. Now, others might like LeBron, for example, because he's won a lot of championships. Others might like Jordan because of his shoes. Everyone picks their own player, really, and they collect. Now, sports cards collecting is a great example of something that can bring so many people together to share the love of something so simple. In fact, for the past 41 years, there has been a national sports collector's convention named the National. It has been a dream of mine to attend this convention for a very long time. It's a welcoming place that allows sports card lovers to buy, sell, trade, or even just to show off cool cards. Not only that, but every convention runs for five days and there's always famous athletes available for signatures and pictures. So it's really just a great time. Now that we talked about the different kinds of cards you can get and their price and all of that, let's talk about how exactly we can get these cards. Now, the most obvious way to purchase cards is in packs. Packs can be found at your local retailer like Walmart or Target or Dollarama, but 
packs do have downfalls. If you're opening a pack in search for a LeBron James rookie card, for example, and you open the pack and you don't find one, you've spent 20 or $30 a pack for no LeBron James rookie card, right? So that's the downfall on packs. But on the other hand, packs can be very exciting and fun and and cool to rip open. You know, you get that you get that feeling, you get that gambling feeling, and uh, it's really it's really exciting for the youth and for even older people. Now, the more logical way of buying cards would be to go on eBay and to search up a player that you like and buying their card. That would be the most logical way of doing it. Now, if their card goes up, you make money. If their card goes down, you lose money or you just collect, right? Another way of uh, buying cards could be in group breaks. Now, people like to host breaks on YouTube, on eBay. You can buy yourself in and you can pick a team to buy. And when they open the pack, every player that plays on the team that you bought goes to you. So people that are approved and trusted throughout the community open packs live and you could buy whatever team, as I mentioned before. It's a great way to get the thrill of the pack opening while kind of ensuring that you get only what you buy. So it's kind of best of both worlds. With that being said, sports cards are really curated for everyone. So all you really have to do is find your passion and thrive. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.